please remember that nothing we say here should be taken as personal advice. This conversation is for education purposes only. If you have questions about your financial situation, please talk to a licensed financial advisor. We are not tax professionals either, and none of the information presented here should be taken as tax advice. Welcome to the Gerber Kawasaki podcast, The LGBT Angle, where we discuss topics on personal finance like investing or retirement planning, and then apply an LGBT lens. I'm Robert Castillo, and I'm a certified financial planner, accredited domestic partnership advisor, and the director of the GK LGBT group, which provides specialized financial planning to the LGBT community. In our last podcast, I talked about giving back to LGBT organizations by setting up a charitable trust or a private foundation. Today, I want to talk about another indirect way of supporting the community by investing responsibly. Um, Greg, as he mentioned, is in our ESG group, um, which may not be a familiar term for many of our listeners. So, Greg, I'd like you to just go ahead and talk about what that means and why you know people are so interested in it right now. Sure. Well, ESG investing just generally is growing like crazy. It's projected to attract about $55 trillion by the year 2025. Um, so what ESG investing is, is you, you break down the letters and it's environmental, social, and governance. And this is basically a way to kind of score companies for how responsible they are in different sectors of their business. So environmental is an obvious one. It's You're talking about carbon footprints, right? The G in ESG stands for governance, and it basically is how well a company is adhering to government regulations. Because those kinds of regulations, you know, the fines and lawsuits and things like that can get very, very expensive and affect a company's bottom line. So that's something that is important. Now the, but what we're primarily going to focus on today is the S or the social aspect of uh, ESG investing. And when we talk about social, we're referring really to um, how diverse a company is, uh, how it treats its employees, how it treats its clients uh, and its customers. So there's a social justice component that obviously has become much, much more prevalent and important to investors uh, You know, in the last year with COVID and with uh, a lot of the Black Lives Matter movement. And, and you mentioned a great point about tracking companies and how responsible they are. You, you just wrote an article, it's on our website, KerberKawasaki.com, um, where you talked about you know, different companies that have basically campaigns that are supporting the LGBT community right. um, and why that is um, actually helpful for the bottom line of companies. Um, tell us about the five companies, I think you said there are five, that are really you know ahead of the game and what they're doing for the community. Right. Well. You know, the, this, the article that I wrote was, was about my initial experience with um, LA Pride and working as a consultant for them. And, and as an ally to the community, um, I just wanted to point out f from, my, from that experience how I was treated with respect and, and treated with equality and fairness. And I just was, wanted to look for that on the opposite end for LGBT, for the LGBT members of the community and companies that are particularly LGBT friendly. Um, so I did a lot of research to look up, you know, the, the, the companies that are really kind of at the cutting edge of, you know, being LGBT friendly um, and being very diverse. So of the five companies that I found, 
you know, it's not surprising that all of them really are, have to do with technology, um, which seems to be a much more diverse area of the economy anyway. Um, but the ones that I sort of like best, uh, number one on my list was Google. They actually have uh, allies and LGBT employees have a form, this alliance, they call it the, the Gaglers. And um, they're basically trying to facilitate strategic relationships with organizations that defend all workers, straight, you know, LGBT and allies against discrimination in the workplace. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense that tech companies are the most inclusive with their policies. They're obviously looking for the best talent. Um, right. They want uh, the best uh, talent to also feel comfortable in that workplace, right? To uh, make sure that they, you know, they can come to a workplace where they're going to be accepted for who they are and be their authentic selves. Um, but, uh, but yeah, what about non-tech companies? What what are they doing right now? Have you heard of any companies that are being inclusive? I know that HRC right has a equality index right. that tracks a bunch of different type of companies. Um, who are typically at the top? Well, it, I I think the thing that I found surprising were the were some of the companies. I I don't I probably don't want to go <laughs> into some of who they are. Identify some of them, but what was surprising to me is how companies that I thought were very super supportive of diversity and inclusion, it turns out like when you, when you really take, take a look at it, when you have these companies like the, the human rights campaign um, score these, some of these companies, they, they don't do that well. And I found that kind of fascinating. I, I, because obviously, you know, social media is the public face of a lot of these companies, but a lot of them, you know, it, behind the scenes, they're not doing so such a great job with inclusion. Yeah, and that's something that many investors don't realize about their portfolios. You know, we donate to so many causes. We, um, you know, have these campaigns on our social media for them. Um, but a lot of times we're investing in companies that are going against those exact causes. Um, and we are able to look through your portfolio, see what type of investments you have, whether they're socially responsible or not, and can give you a portfolio that is more in line with your uh, philosophy with investing. Um, so yeah, you have to you have to do the homework on these companies for sure. It's not enough to kind of rely on. I mean, that's sort of my point of bringing that up is that you can't really rely on what you're seeing on social media as an, a true indicator of what the policies of, of any of these companies are. Thanks again for listening today. Remember to reach out to us if you have any questions about your portfolio. We're always happy to help you make sure that it's in line with your investment beliefs and philosophies. I'm Robert Castillo. And I'm Greg Fields. See you next time.